as that imagery comes back to us after maybe a, a revision or two, I will pick out the selects that are slated for retail and I will run hard proofs on a, like an Epson that's calibrated to G7 Grackle. So we have a good baseline understanding mm -hmm. of how things will print and end up in our retail stores. That is the pretty quick and dirty of it. Welcome to the Gamut Podcast, and I am your host, Jeff Collins, Director of Print Technologies for ID Alliance. We are a nonprofit global think tank serving the graphic communications industry with 12 offices strategically located around the world to better support our membership. You can support the Gamut Podcast and content like this by becoming a member at ID Alliance by going to www.idalliance.org. I would also like to thank Konica Minolta for sponsoring this podcast. They are a world leader in industrial and commercial printing and packaging solutions. On today's Gamut podcast, we are speaking to Jeffrey Lash, and Jeffrey works for one of the world's most iconic brands, and that is Under Armour. And his work focuses on setting standards and guidelines for proper color management during the creation of marketing campaigns, and we are happy to have Jeff on. Jeffrey, as I mentioned before in a previous conversation, I am a huge fan of Under Armour. Your company, the brand is iconic. It's a global brand. I am a huge customer, a loyal customer, a customer for life. Kevin Plank, the founder, is one of my heroes. Uh, as a native Marylander, he's a local hero to us. I grew up in College Park, the home of University of Maryland, Go Terrapins, and Kevin Plank is an alumni. And I cannot, uh, I'm very excited to have you on today and for you to talk about something that I love as well, and that's printing and color. And you are the production design manager for Under Armour's global brand creative department. I hope I got that right, and I would love to hear about what you do there in the area of color management, in the area of wide format display graphics, inkjet production, and how you work with the photographers, the creatives, and the print service providers to maintain that brand consistency throughout the world. So I'll let you take it over. And myself, and I'm sure our listeners would love to hear about what you do for your team, how you serve Under Armour and this iconic brand. Glad to be here. Thanks for uh, the invite. So I work very closely with our photography teams. We have like an internal crew of about a half dozen photographers. We also hire lots of outside agencies uh, and photographers to shoot for us. And then all those images are brought in, go through a selects process to see what we want to retouch. And then they are sent to retouching agencies. They do a lot of like the color correction, you know, just the general color pass on the back end our project management teams pull all the samples for the apparel that athletes or influencers or models were wearing on set. Right. And they send those pieces to the retouchers so they have like the actual garment in hand to use as a reference while retouching. And then as that imagery comes back to us after maybe a, a revision or two, I will pick out the selects that are slated for retail and I will 
run hard proofs on a, like an Epson that's calibrated to G7 Grackle. So we have a good baseline understanding mm-hmm. of how things will print and end up in our retail stores. That is the pretty quick and dirty of it. And then, you know, there are several agencies we hire and, and use um, season to season. So I uh, have like a set of standards that that we require them to deliver our final files back. They're right. profiled, profiled correctly, they're sized correctly, they're compressed the way we want them to, whether it's for print it for our retail stores or if it's just for screen use on, on our website or social feeds. So the photography team each season, they develop retouching style guide Mm-hmm. Um, they'll they'll take a swipe from online or previous seasons that they have shot, and they will add color corrections to like the shoots are kind of seasonal. So we'll do a batch of shoots for fall winter twenty, and then the next season will be spring summer twenty one. Mm-hmm. Generally, like fall winter shoots have a little like a coolish. Uh, color cast to backgrounds and they will stipulate like, oh, the the field green should be this color, skin tone should be that color, highlights, white points, black points, all that sort of stuff is up to our photography team to dial in. At the end of that retouching style guide, I have a section of notes for kind of like the technical particulars. Our photographers are shooting all full frame digital cameras. They are they're shooting in raw. So the select process will set aside like maybe they'll shoot like thousands of images on set. And then the select process will bring out like maybe 60 to retouch for retail and about 100 for social and digital uses. The notes of the retouching style guide, those selects for print and retail i'll want our retouching agencies to to res up those files 2x to make sure they stay as adobe rgb color space we want them saved out as tiffs we want the tiffs compressed with lzw we don't we want to leave them as rgb we don't want cmyk files yeah the the selects that are allocated for screen use for digital social websites, pretty much the same. We're not enlarging them 2x. We're converting them to sRGB after they've been retouched. We should get back a set of images that, that are all like according to those specifications I've laid out. The RGB for print is kind of it, it was. When I started at Under Armour, a lot of a lot of retouchers would supply RGB and CMYK, but mm-hmm. we would never really print anything offset. A lot of what Under Armour prints is large format digital for yeah. retail spaces and in-store use, windows and wall murals and, and big like images, point of purchase displays. So there really wasn't any need for CMYK. So it just cut down a lot of like file transfer, upload, download speed, stuff like that. So we have a nice like a nice kit of images all to those specifications. And then in like I mentioned before, in hard proofing, I'll take those images for retail, 
print them on an Epson with a color spectrophotometer in line and, you know, get that control strip scanned. It'll have the pass fail printed right on the proof sheet. And then I can take it to my photographer say like, do you need the colors tweaked anymore before we upload this to our dam and send these images out to all of our uh, regions and retail partners along that, like I'll send a, a PDF match print of like, here is the campaign key art and the photography slated for print and retail use. I output these as Grackle, you know, to G7 specifications. So they have a benchmark. They know what our intent is. Uh, They can replicate that in their local markets. Jeff, when you go through select or the select process for photography and you're inspecting and pre-flighting the digital images that are coming from the different creative teams, what are you really keying in on? Is it color quality? I know you mentioned style and temperature, but uh, what are some of the big things that uh, you need to catch uh, before you push those images out? When we are going through the selects process, I, I take particular, I pay attention to the selects that are chosen for retail use. And I look at metadata. I look at what ISOs we're shooting at mm-hmm. uh, and make sure that th- images that were not intended to be blown up to like 10 feet tall or 12 feet wide aren't shot at like 80,000 ISO because it'll look terrible. But I do try and like, if I see those things, I will print tests at life size so that our photographers and our art directors and our uh, everyone on the team, their expectations are kind of managed uh, what image quality looks like in real life through a couple strip tests when needed. Jeff, can you explain in a little detail or clarify for our listeners the implications of taking in digital photography and resizing and resizing them and enlarging them, you know, 2X. And you mentioned uh, strip proofs to in, as another stopgap process control measure to ensure that uh, the sizing is correct. So can you clarify a little bit of the detail that happens uh, prior to what the process is before you do your strip tests? Um, whatever the full frame camera delivers, if you force res that up 2x, if uh, I can't figure out the, the numbers like off the top of my head, but we have our retouching agencies just automatically like force resample them twice as big as they were right. handed off to them for editing. They'll usually print okay quality up to 10 feet on their long dimension. Mm-hmm. There's tons and tons of instances where that's still too small. You know, it's on our regional partners, the ones executing and actually producing these in-store graphics to have to force res them up a little higher. Um, There's lots of retail stores in North America that I've laid out graphics for that I'm taking an image and I may only be using like a small crop of, you know, from a waist up of an athlete and then just making that like, 15 feet or 20 feet and you just got to roll with it a lot of those huge graphics 
consumers aren't like walking right up next to and like really scrutinizing how soft the focus is or how jagged the pic- the JPEG artifacting is. They're out hunting for clothes and uh, looking for their workout gear and they're going to notice that huge graphic out of the corner of their eye and it's not or they're going to be like 10 feet away from it and all that softness, all that all that artifacting just kind of blends uh, into the image. So also, depending on the materials, uh, it can be pretty forgiving, like large fabric banners, the texture of the fabric, the image artifacting can just kind of get lost in that texture. In addition to sizing and resolution, a brand like Under Armour surely has requirements for quality, color quality for their print service providers. What do you require in their specifications and requirements for your uh, producers, your print service providers? Um, they should be at least familiar with G7 and Grackle. We can provide those contract proofs that I'll print in the office, but we will, you know, all of our campaign assets are distributed through our Adobe DAM digital asset management tool. And then I will upload a PDF that's a PDF X1A to Grackle 2006. Our teams in regions can pull that down, send it to a service provider for that initial proof. And then whatever other substrates the final prints should happen to be run on, whether it's Sintra, cardstock, vinyl, adhesive back, fabric banners, like all those, if they're run according to G7, should provide a decent match to that contract proof. Yeah, that, I mean, that's in an ideal world, that's how it should work. You've covered a lot of ground as far as um, preparing files, quality specifications, really communicating quality properly uh, to your print service providers, even up front in the digital photography. And you mentioned G7 and Grackle as far as your quality requirements and communicating that for consistency reasons. I was wondering if you at Under Armour had an accountability process after the graphics have been reproduced and implemented, whether it's POP or POS or outdoor displays, that kind of thing. Do we have do you have teams that uh, monitor that after the product has been uh, the graphics have been reproduced? Yeah, those teams would be embedded in each region. There's the North America region, teams in Latin Latin America and South America, Europe, emerging markets, Asia Pacific. Um, So all those teams have those directives of getting things run through G7 printers, according to the specs I've kind of developed and, and pushed out. The feedback loop isn't there yet. That's something we are working on. It just so happens that the North America team sits across the street from the global team. So I do work a bit more closely with the North America region. They will have their preferred printers make proofs on final substrates and they can bring it across the street or I can take a match print over to their area and kind of AB what their final service provider is outputting on backlit fabrics or frontlit fabrics and then hold the match proof up that I made and be like, yeah, this is pretty close or it's a little too yellow or too green or, or what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are some, there are a lot of like proofing steps before things get actually produced and sent in stores. 
Jeff, thank you for the valuable insight, uh, technical insight that you've provided our listeners, especially the brands and, of course, our, our print service providers. And uh, well, now we understand how a uh, major brand like Under Armour executes these beautiful graphics and displays that we see, you know, daily, whether it's social media or, you know, when we're walking through a mall or, uh, you know, driving down the road and we see this huge billboard and definitely striking. We automatically know exactly uh, what brand it is pretty much. And I would love to know, and I'm sure our listeners would like to know what the makeup, what, uh, what does your team look like? Uh, what are their skill sets, experience? And can you give us some insight into your background and the people that you collaborate with to make this happen? Mostly graphic designers and a few production designers. And then the photography team I mentioned earlier, not a lot of them have as much like print background as I do, or not print necessarily, but large format digital printing. Um, out of college, I've worked on Vutex and worked on LightJet uh, printers, pretty familiar with like the capabilities and, you know, how, how those things work and how substrates when profiled properly can, you know, they should be able to match each other using G7 and Grapple profiles. A lot of the, uh, a lot of the project management side, you know, they're not artists, they're not designers. They're just trying to like get the final artwork to vendors in enough time to, to make our in-store dates. They rely pretty heavily on the creative team to just like gut check how things look at the very end of the process. Jeff, you're a uh, color management, a certified color management professional from Idea Alliance, and I'd like to hear uh, a little bit uh, about your background as far as education, how you got started in the industry, and um, what area do you you know prefer to focus in? Is it design? Is it photography? Is it uh, the technical aspects of color reproduction? You, you sound very technically proficient. I went to school for photography and studied graphic design, but I'm not creative at all. Like I, you know, I'm much more attracted to like the technical side of printing and color management and like really nerd out over stuff like Pantone colors and things like that. So I kind of staked my career on, on uh, hedging in that direction. Lots of our photographers and designers, they love the creative process. They could care less what their screens look like or, you know, what colors they're choosing or how things, it's very subjective on their side, but it's very objective on my side. There's a right way to operate um, mm -hmm. with, through color management and getting uh, the results as intended. So that's kind of the space I like to occupy. And I've become a pretty decent resource for the Under Armour's creative team. Thanks for listening to the Gamut Podcast. If you have ideas, suggestions, or would like to join us or even sponsor future podcasts, simply email me at jcollins at idealliance.org. That's J-C-O-L-L-I-N-S at idealliance.org. Take care and have a productive day.